The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, show about short video games, games that respect your time. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined this week by one spiky co-host. It's me, Spiky Shane. (laughs) And this week, we are going to be talking about Isle of Arrows, a game that touches on multiple genres, but first and foremost is a tower defense game. Gotta love a title, I Love Arrows. It's Isle of Arrows. What did I say? Did I say I Love Arrows? No, no, it just sounds like that. I just, I kept, whenever I say it, I sound like I'm saying I Love Arrows. I Love Arrows. Well, that would, that would be a great name for this game, too. I Love Arrows. Yeah, Isle of Arrows. Island of Arrows. Uh, This is a game developed by uh, Daniel Lutz, a single developer a one person game developer we love that on this show under yeah. the name grid pop and he goes by yeah grid pop on there uh he's got another game that now i am i'm intrigued by his other game on the grid pop page which is called deco um apparently available only in canada it's only on the <laughs> canadian ios app store uh, bring it to me. I'd like to give it a try after trying Isle of Arrows. But da- the interesting thing about Daniel Lutz to me uh, is he is formerly of uh, Square Enix. Did you play either Hitman Go or Laura Croft Go? I did. I played Laura Croft Go. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So he was the uh, he was the director on those, and you can kind of see the same uh, design aesthetic. I think yeah. I didn't actually play those, so I'm curious to see how they're hear how they're similar from you. Uh, yeah, I would say very, very similar aesthetic um, and very similar, like they they look uh, and feel very similar. Everything's on a grid. You're looking at like an isometric island. You know, there's there's a huge crossover in the design of these games, although the actual gameplay is incredibly different. Um, so Isle of Arrows is available on Steam and the App Store and Google Play. I played it on my iPhone. Uh, great one-handed iPhone game. Um, Shane, what did you play it on? I played it on iPad. Uh, I actually played it a little bit of both on my iPhone and my iPad. Um, if I have one wish for this game, I wish it would sync my progress between the two using Game yeah. Center or something like that. I really liked it on iPad, though, because um, just you have a nice uh, view of the island without having to scroll very much. Um, yeah. So very ni- nice and very relaxing game to kind of kick back and uh and play but iphone also really really good uh, way to play the game yeah i i thought it was great on iphone though i i actually i ran into the exact same thing shane i was like i bet this game is even better on ipad so you can get that big lens that mm-hmm. big view of your islands and i opened it up and it said logged into game center and so i thought great and then no there was no syncing and Progress isn't the name of the game here. There's a progress mechanic that we're going to talk about, um, but it's not like something where you would spend, you know, you'd maybe lose dozens of hours by it not transferring over. But 
it still would be nice. So hopefully, you know, a one person development team, you know, like those sorts mm-hmm. of things are usually sort of secondary features that hopefully will come down the line. Um, but hey, before we we get too far into this game, um, we've been trying to do a new segment on the show at the start. And I want to honor that. And uh, so taking a, a, a question for you, Shane. So I love tower defense games and but I don't really play them that much there. There there's not a lot of what I have found to be like interesting available tower defense games that go above and beyond sort of what I think we all played a ton of back in like the flash days and, and little sort of, you know, shareware or shovelware yeah. iPhone games, you know, full of purchases and, and, and uh, you know, pay to win sort of things. And this game, like, not that at all. A full, a great price for a great complete game that I absolutely love with some really interesting and new tower defense metrics that I or uh, uh, mechanics that I've not really seen before. So I had me thinking, what other types of genres or game types would that you haven't seen um, recently or utilized effectively that you'd like mm. to see redone or reused now? So I I think that. Thinking this over, there's one that's almost completely extinct, and that is light gun games. <laughs> um, nice. Light gun games are like still somewhat present in the arcade, and there are some light gun games that still come out. Like I, I did a quick Google search here, and it turns out uh, a game called Bang Bang Pew Pew came out in 2021. I, I did not know about this. But the, the thing about light gun games, like... Great name. Apart from the, like, actual technology changing of screens, which really kind of threw them out for a while. Yeah. You know, they, they don't really... They didn't really work on a LCD screen. They, they kind of came back uh, with some things on like the Wii where you'd use the Wii mote and stuff like that. But none of that like really worked that well. Like I, I think there have been some attempts at a, at, at similar kinds of games on like the, uh, the switch with the, with the little joy con or whatever, but the yeah. technology is really hard to nail, I guess for, uh, and you, you really, um, you need an even more complicated peripheral these days because you can't just do the actual light based thing, right? Right. So, so without without a CRT, so uh, I would like to see uh, something that is compelling enough to make me buy a plastic gun to play it with. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I really would like to to see what you can do with the size of TVs today because my TV today is absolutely gigantic compared to any of the TVs that I had back when light gun games were popular. Yeah. You know, I, I want to stand like inches away from my like gigantic OLED uh, and wow. and Big just flex. like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and I, I think if there is a natural successor to light gun games that I will accept that is not actually a light gun game, it would be like really solid VR shooters yeah that's what uh, I, I was think, thinking is vr yeah. is really what you're gonna get now i don't yeah. know that there's a lot of development in like a handheld peripheral like that although no. i mean i i've been pretty um 
peripheral uh, uh, avoidant. You know, I've avoided peripherals for a while. I, I really hate just having like piles of plastic stuff in my in my uh, entertainment center. Um, but I agree with you. If they could, if you could make something that was like a satisfying target yeah you know, like because i i do enjoy those games and and you're right at the arcade when i do go that is a game that i i like to pick up i'm yeah, like i go for i'm i'm the opposite of a uh hunter in real life i i have want nothing to do with it but i like those big buck shooter games you know yeah. they're they're fun or the like uh just hordes of zombies coming at the screen and you've got to shoot the screen and then shoot the ammo types or shoot yeah. the the gun pickups like those are fun this um, reminds me to uh bubble back up for the podcast there's a game i really want to play in vr i know i'm still i'm now maybe the only vr headset owner for uh, for at least for the you know meta version or whatever uh on the podcast but there's a game called pistol whip that nice. combines uh a shooting game uh with a rhythm game and uh if you you just kind of have to see it to to understand what i what it's like there's like a like imagine um like walking down an old west um like main drag you know past the saloon or whatever yeah and there's like guys leaning out of every window to shoot at you uh and you have to shoot them on the beat uh Uh, that sounds fantastic actually uh yeah so and it's it's you gotta you should look it up it's got a pretty unique visual style as well very um kind of uh lots of use of silhouettes and things like that and there's different levels to it it's not all um uh there's a lot of like sci-fi levels and i think that i think i saw maybe i'm misremembering i think i saw like a james bond like intro looking version you know the dun 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 dun, yeah silhouettes and stuff so that looks pretty cool to me maybe that'll scratch the itch uh but hey that's how about you what's what's your well i will say um you know on your point with vr like i i am very interested in playstation's new or upcoming you know psvr2 um in general like i really enjoy when i've had the opportunity to play uh psvr i just haven't had i don't have one and i haven't really had the space in my house to uh to fit one in a way that wouldn't result in me just like punching walls and stuff i should give you my psvr is what i should do i i have the original psvr and speaking of light guns i have the um there's this thing that looks like a big rod made of pvc uh (laughs) that is a like a gun controller for psvr and so far as I'm aware, like one worthwhile game came out for that controller and it was basically like uh, shoot the bugs, the game. That, see, that's my problem with peripherals, though. So now you've got this big gun thing that was maybe useful for one game. But um, I mean, I did enjoy um, like super hot VR is a fantastic experience. So there's definitely some that I've enjoyed, but I want to get the the new one eventually too, because it seems like it's going to be a pretty big improvement. Um, but to the original question, um, this game made me think about it, but I've also been playing. We just got uh, Mario party superstars for, uh, for the switch to play. Uh, I'll say it was to play with our, our, our kid, but 
I'd be lying if I didn't say I was as just as excited to play it. I love the Mario Party franchise, and I haven't played one since the Wii Mario Party. I don't remember which one that is. It was like four or something like that. But anyway, never, never gotten into Mario Party. Oh, I, I love it. I mean, if you like mini games, which I do, um, it's really all it is. It's a it's a vessel for feeding you mini games. But the sort of rap mechanic, the thing that it's all built around is really what I I think fits for this question is that the whole thing takes place on a board game. It It, it is like a Mario board game. And then the outcomes of the board game result in you playing mini games. And the tower defense game that we're going to talk about today has a lot of qualities that come from board games. And I would just love to see more games that just right on the nose. This is a board game game, not necessarily a video game port of a board game, even though those can be fun and good. I like seeing uh, video games that are just directly visualizing and utilizing some core mechanics of board games like in mario party you roll a die and you move however many spaces you rolled on that die and then what you land on will determine a a bunch of different outcomes right Mm -hmm. and i just don't really see that as much I, i can't think of any board games that really or video games that have that sort of like roll a die to see how much you move like you're playing monopoly or or sorry or something like that um and this game has uh tower uh <laughs> i love arrows has uh a has a tile drawing and tile placement mechanic that is straight out of uh carcassonne which yeah. you know we we both love and we played um carta uh i, I don't know Somewhere between the last six months to three years, we played a game called Carta, which was a tile placement game that was, you know, a lot like Carcassonne, but it was more narrative. So anyway, I really like video games that utilize board game mechanics, and I'd love to see more of that. And I would just love to see more tower defense games that do something interesting. So let's dive in then. Let's actually talk about this tower defense game. This is a unique one. I I really... Um, I forget where I saw this. Uh, I know this was something I kind of recommended for the podcast. I think I, you know what? I think I actually saw it on Mastodon, uh, you know, so thanks Mastodon. Um, but Isle of Arrows is a, um, it is a very, uh, traditional tower defense game combined with a tile placement game in most tower defense games. Um, you know, you have a map and on that map, there are places where you can build towers, um, using money, you know, uh, or other gems or other resources, whatever. And you have to place those so that, you know, each time you start a, n- a new wave of enemies that those enemies will charge towards your home base or wherever that is. And, uh, you know, enemies getting to the end of the path will either like lose or you'll lose lives or whatever. Uh, you know, and the towers are shooting at the enemies. You upgrade the towers, things like that. Um, this game takes that kind of basic formula, and um, which is a great formula. It remains one of my favorite kind of uh, kind of mobile games. Um, yeah, super satisfying. Oh yeah, I mean, it, for me, like it goes back to like Field Runners was I think the first big one mm. I got really into. That was like one of the very first iOS games. Uh, lately, I've been playing with my son a lot of bloons td6 
on Apple Arcade. <laughs> I don't know if you know that one. That's the one with the monkeys and the balloons. Um, and uh, but this one kind of d- starts you off with a very very simple map. Because this has two phases. There's the, your tower defense phase where you have waves of enemies. And there's a separate phase of laying tiles in between the, the tower defense phases. And when, you, um, when you're in that phase, you are like very similar to Carcassonne. It's take a tile, place a tile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way that you explore past that, like, and the way it kind of gets more complex is this game has a fairly complicated system of, uh, like resources that you're, that you're managing. There's like gold, uh, there's bombs and bridges and am I missing anything? Is, is it gold bombs and bridges? Gold bombs and bridges. Uh, yeah. I mean, really what more could you need oh, in life? Is, yeah. Gold bombs. And then your health, of course, which oh, is, and yes, of course. is a, is a health indicator. Yeah. And so, yeah, every time you pull a tile, um, you are, you, you have the opportunity to place it. You can skip a tile if it doesn't have a nice yeah. spot, but this is my favorite thing because it's, yeah. It it is it the tiles are free. It's skipping or passing on a tile or drawing uh drawing a new tile that that costs you gold. And so, um, you know it, the 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 economy of the game is is very very tight. Uh, yes. It, so the and the variety of the different uh cards is very interesting as well there's there's even some cards that aren't tiles there's like events and encounters uh, relics yeah. bonuses uh-huh. yeah there's a lot of variety that create a um yeah a really interesting balance because another thing that i enjoy about this game is that i think it's kind of difficult you know i think a lot of times yeah. these tower defense games there's sort of a um exponential growth where uh it might be a little difficult at the beginning but once you really get a good system set up um it becomes sort of a snowball thing where you're you become a total powerhouse um and it's really not a challenge anymore it can still be fun because you know it's fun to be that sort of powerhouse and create like a a maze of hell for whatever the things are that are attacking your base. Um, but they usually get kind of easier the further they go along. This one gets more challenging mm-hmm. uh, the further it goes along. And they do some really interesting things to, to increase that challenge. But before we get into that, I think, you know, the kind of uh, a few things that I don't think we've really touched on yet that make this even more complicated is that so what you're looking at when you're playing is you're, you're seeing a floating island that's at a sort of three quarters uh, perspective. So you're seeing the the top of the land and then everything down below it, you know, sort of like, again, a floating island. And it's on a very tight grid. And that island is actually pretty small to begin with. It's maybe what like six squares by six squares across it's like seven by seven but like rounded off a little bit yeah corners so it's more or less kind of boxy round uh it's and and you have on that island uh, a little bit of road and a single arrow tile a single arrow tower um and you you get you always can see that i love the decision to always make the next tile 
um visible visible yeah, yeah you can always see what you would get if you if you on the next round or whatever yeah so, so when you, you see all that at once when you're in the build phase you have a tile that's been given to you for free it may be a arrow tower it'll be you know any version of the towers there's a lot of different versions of the towers and then it also might be a road piece where that's a thing i think that is kind of unique to this game too you are building the path that the enemies are going to go down and so you may place that road piece to extend the the path Mm -hmm. that the enemies have to go down or you will find a great spot to put that uh, tower and that's this your one one great free advancement yeah. like all, all the tiles have to touch you can't yeah. place them like off in the corner um like and you can't have the road like not like in, be interrupted or dead end uh yeah so so there's rules about how you can place the tiles um but in most tower defense games one of the most obvious important strategies is look for places where you can really maximize the use of your most powerful towers by putting them somewhere where things are going to be going all the way around them or looping around them, looping past them, or they're going to have lots of available targets. And you do that by, you know, finding a a spot where the path makes a little horseshoe shape or whatever, stick it in the middle in this, because you're, you're building the tower. You have so many more choices to maximize the usefulness of Mm -hmm. the towers that you place compared to a regular tower defense. Yeah, so you you can sort of plan out. You you see like, all right, I've got this arrow tower here. It attacks in a in a 3 by 3 grid. So all of the uh the tiles that are directly adjacent including the corners to that tower. That's your basic tower. And so you really want to build your road to perfectly wind right around that tower so all of its attack spaces are being utilized. But you don't know what tiles you're going to get. It might be five, six tiles before you get exactly that Mm -hmm. corner road piece that you need. And so every round, you're making this decision. Do I spend the two gold to skip to the next tile and play that? Or do I start the wave, start the next wave of enemies, which will move me to the next tile on the carousel for free, mm-hmm. but I have to survive that wave. Um, and it, it's a, a really interesting balance. And you're, you accrue money. There's a, there's a lot of different modes and variants in this game, but the base way that you accrue money is by killing enemies and surviving waves. And the more money you make, increases the amount of money you make if that makes sense it's uh, it's like you're getting interest on the amount of gold you have like if yeah. you have up to something like 10 you're gonna get one gold at the end of the round and if you get to 20 you're gonna get two golds at the end of the round and yeah. you can get up to as much as four gold at the end of the round and it's worth mentioning that skipping a tile costs two so right. by ha- holding on to and not spending your gold up to a point you are giving yourself access to more cards and yeah. more tiles. And the, the thing that I want to call out here about the economy that and those tiles and the gold is that in most tower defense games, you upgrade your, a big part of it is upgrading your towers and knowing when to like level them up or, you know, choose different abilities for them 
And you're doing that by usually spending your gold or whatever that equivalent is. And in this, there's none of that. The towers don't upgrade. Sometimes there are towers that have special abilities, and those are all based around the placement of the Mm -hmm. tiles and things that are adjacent to them. So, for example, there's a tavern tile that's a simple one you get early in the game that increases the attack speed of adjacent archery towers, right? Very useful, but it means you have to start really playing to the arrangement of the little city that you're building. That's what I really love about the tile placement element of this game is you're building this lovely little uh, functional city where there's lots of cute little buildings that are all kind of helping optimize the uh, overall deadliness of your towers. <laughs> yeah, it's a really beautiful game. I mean, it it you really it's kind of just fun to like look over the path that you've built and all the because if you're if you're really being optimal, you're ending up with this really winding path that's often circling around itself and and making it where everything is is uh is really as tightly packed and and winding as possible. So every tower is utilized to its to its you know most possible degree. And it, it's really nice looking. And then we talked about earlier that this game gets exponentially more difficult in an interesting way. Another thing it does that I've never seen in a tower defense game do, which this sort of style allows it to do, is at the 20th wave, there's 40 total waves. At the 20th wave, suddenly boom, there's a new spawn point for enemies on an entirely yeah. separate part of your island. You don't get any new resources. You're not, there's no new benefits to you as the player. You just now have two tower defense situations yeah. to deal with. Oh, and I it, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes now, so hard. <laughs> okay, I've got it. Great, I've got an arrow tower. Awesome. Which path needs it the most? And then, if that's not hard enough, at wave 30, a third one populates. And so, really, like, the best, they they populate close, but not too close to your your existing island. I I think it's totally random. I could find no way of predicting where they were going to come from. Um, And you can't connect it up with, you, you can, sometimes you can, like, line it up a little bit with your existing city in a way that's like a, a little bit beneficial, but I kept wanting to be like, okay, I'll just have these roads go together so that all I my know. towers are shooting the same guys. Nope. <laughs> no, you cannot connect the roads. I thought that too. Like have them feed into my broader path. No, you just end up with three different micro uh tower defense worlds that you're building. And yeah, I think the most optimal play is like so every round, as you'd expect, the 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 amount of enemies and the enemy types that are coming out increases. So your first tower defense situation, I don't know what to call them, like module, your first one that you've been building is always going to be the most challenging one. By the end of the game, it's going to have the most amount of enemies. And then the second one that came is going to be, you know, it only has 20 rounds of escalation. So it's going to end up pretty strong, but it's never going to be as strong as the first one. And then the third one is really ultimately going to be a relatively small amount of enemies but it's still just another factor to deal Uh with but i i definitely had games where uh many times where that first uh kind of path that i built 
Um, I had it like on lockdown. Yeah. It was set, you know, I was like, I, if I don't place another tile on this for the whole rest of the game, I'll be fine. I've got waves of fire sweeping through and annihilating the, however many bad guys you want to throw at me. But the other one, uh, and now the I'm second, now all the good tiles have dried. Yeah. <laughs> the second one was, is always my problem too, but I will yeah. say you can't ignore the first one though, because no. it does seem like I, I would imagine if you really dug in and looked at the balancing, I bet that the scale of escalation of the enemies for the middle rounds probably slows down a little bit on the first wave or on the first, uh, section because that gives you a little bit of time to build up the second one but if you're ignoring the first one those last five waves for the for the for winning the game are really heavy in that first uh tower defense uh module so you really have to have made sure that you were at least adding something over there because if it was good for you at wave 25 it will not be good for you at wave 35 and you only have 10 hit points and it cannot increase above 10 there's a variety of things that you can do um that will ultimately result in you getting more health but all you can get is 10 so going back a little bit because we kind of talk about health management you know talking about the the resource management of this game is is really interesting and, and one of the bigger challenges of it besides managing your health and besides managing the tiles you're also managing really your ability to build in the space that you have. So these islands, as we talked about, are really small, like seven squares by seven squares. And when the game is done, your island is, I mean, it's going to be all over the place. It's not going to be a perfect square or anything close to that, but it's probably hundreds of total uh, squares, right that have expanded and you've built your whole little empire on top of it and the way you do that is one of two ways one you can just build off of your island into space if you have a bridge and it costs one bridge for every individual tile that you're going to build off of the island Um, and that adds up quickly you're not getting a ton of bridges there's I don't know. You start with one or two and you and you get them through purchasing them in an event or acquiring them through a couple different building encounters. But it's not like you have a ton of them. Many games you might go through with only having like four or five of them. So they're really to be used sparingly. The other way to build outside of your island is to actually expand the island itself, which is by placing flags. Flags are a tile that show up just like any other tile in your little tile carousel. And what they do is when you you put them down, they themselves take up a space, which is annoying because they don't do anything. They just sit there and block your roads and block places for your, your towers to go. But they expand the island. They create new ground. And so it is a an essential part of this game is playing flags and ideally kind of building out the island ahead of where you're trying to go. Because if you don't do that, you're going to be stuck and you're either going to be using bridges, which is expensive, or just not really being able to play and hoping to spend money and skip through tiles till you find what you would like. And that is, again, this is a major part of this game is this sort of like land management, um, which 
maybe doesn't sound super fun when we're explaining it, but it's actually pretty satisfying to 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 expand your island and and create this sort of like you know maze of death it really is the thing that makes the tile placement or especially the placement of your path and your road really interesting because like you know it, it the 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 fact that it's a tower defense game where you get to kind of draw your own path well like there's an answer to why wouldn't you just make a, a zigzag snake pattern so yeah. that every tile, uh, every, every tower that you place can like do the maximum damage and have maximum effect. Like, yeah. the reason is you're really hemmed in uh, by the size of this island and, and forced to grow it. And, you know, not to mention uh, alongside the flags, uh, this is actually even true of many of the flag tiles. Lots of the tiles that you place don't take up a single square. They take up multiple squares. Um, and it's, a lot of them have these wa- like useless water tiles as part of them. Yeah. That, uh, so like managing the actual space that you have to grow is a really important strategy in this game. And, uh, very strategic and takes a lot of planning. And that's one of the, the coolest things about it. Yeah, you'll spend like, all right, I, I like, all right, I've got my ideal path. I've got this cannon tower here and I've got this arrow tower over here. And what I really want to do is I want to have my road curl around the cannon tower and then double back around the arrow tower so that eight of the nine spaces on for both of these towers, eight of the nine attack spaces, um, or I guess all eight of the attack spaces for both towers are fully utilized. But okay, cool. That sounds great. But now I have to hope in my little tile carousel, I get exactly those specific tiles that I need and that they don't have any water on them because I can't place them in a tightly wound grid if they have any water on them because there's no space for it and so what actually ends up happening is you're like all right here's my plan and then 20 minutes later like well all right i i kind of got there and i tiles go by and you're waiting for a corner piece exactly yeah. yeah and so you end up having to sort of improv like well okay i wanted to go left here but um the tile i got was actually uh uh, uh, they'll do like multiple road pieces. It'll be a single straight and then a left turn. So, okay, I still got to go left, but I'm a little further down the road than I thought I would be. Or uh, I really needed to keep my road going. So I just went right instead. So, all right, a whole new game plan. Um, because as Shane said before, you can't just place tiles out in space. They have to be touching another tile you've played. So you can't like, pre-build this perfect road and then just slot in tiles as you get them everything has to be touching each other you you can a little bit if you've like your world is big enough and you truly plan out where you're going you can you know you can build a road on the other side of your towers because you know eventually you're going to wrap around and get there so like you can be strategic with your tile placement but for the most part you're just sort of dealing with what you get and uh like Shane the said, best strategy no, for me was to try to build my whole city in the form of a large spiral so yeah. that I could always have some uh, like some ability to build ahead because, you know, I, I, I'm following back the same path and, you know, added bonus 
uh, I can I can wend my road back past towers that I've already placed and get that extra yeah. damage for free. Yeah, I, I ultimately had the same thing is you really want a nice, perfect spiral. But the odds of you being able to create that perfect spiral is is pretty low. So it ends up being sort of like a, a bulbous spiral as it whips out and around and out and around. Mm-hmm. Um, and once a tile is placed, it is set. The only way you can get rid of a tile is if you use one of your other resources um, which is a bomb and it allows you to place a tile on top of another tile. And I think bombs are a little bit more available than bridges, um, though it, it does depend on the game mode that you're playing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But you don't have a lot of these bombs and you need to be pretty strategic with them. And so most of the time, unfortunately, it ends up being used for like well, I, I built this flag and this flag had a water road, a water piece connected to it. And I had to build that flag right here because I needed to extend the island because that's the way my road is going. And now I need to put a road on top of that flag. And it's just going to kill the flag and put a road there. Or it's going to kill the water tile and it's going to put a road there or whatever. You know, it's just more of this like logistical. I'm just trying to build my road in the way I want it to go. Sometimes though, you can use it like if things are going really well, if you get like a cannon tower, which is generally better than an arrow tower, you might choose to blow up your like perfectly positioned arrow tower to put that cannon tower there instead and maximize its usage. But for the most part, you're probably finding just another place for that cannon tower and bombs I found were mostly for building my in terms of the like, strategy managing all of the different resources like simultaneously makes for a really fun challenge um the the bombs are incredibly useful uh just because if you are trying to follow that like loop back on yourself strategy there's definitely going to be times where like you know maybe i had a uh ice trap tower early on but if i can drop a a loop tower there i can hit tons of spaces stuff like that um, but I, you know, let's talk for strategy for a little bit. Cause I think when people get started in this game, the, the onboarding process is actually pretty challenging. Like I think yeah. it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty steep learning curve in the game. We mentioned doing the spiral thing. I think that would be a helpful tip for people. Uh, another one I, I would, I would share would be, um, that, uh, as you're, Early, early on in the game, it really pays off to to gather enough money to be getting like at least two or three gold every turn because it gets you an additional tile every turn. And the the tie getting more tiles is a huge huge benefit. Later in the game, maybe you actually want to lay down a ton of tiles and dump your gold uh, into into tiles on like a new path. Um, and as you uh, as you get into that situation, like you're well anyway. Uh, let me think. I've got a few other tips. Let me have to rack my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think ultimately, um, you know, the the tile placement's the biggest one. But I think it's all it's pretty like that's it's pretty easy to figure out pretty quickly. Like I need to maximize the usage of my towers. Every tower yeah. is valuable and you want as many of its attack spaces utilized. So I think that's pretty obvious. I think the like the economy curve in this game is the thing that takes a while to learn. Uh-huh. And I'd echo what Shane is saying, which is I would highly recommend 
as little as possible spending gold for the first like 15 to 20 turns. Like you, you might get into a spot where you have to do that, but it, I'm really trying to save my money until much later in the game when when my uh map is even more convoluted and more complicated and I'm dealing with uh, enemies on multiple fronts. I really want that ability to skip uh, tiles and find exactly what I need. So I'm really, really trying not to spend money uh, as much as I can early on. And then secondly, I would say any opportunity that you get to acquire bombs, you should do it. Like if it's buying them in the marketplace, um, there's some interesting titles where uh, it's kind of like the cloister from Carcassonne that if it's surrounded by tiles, it is valuable. It'll do something for you. Variations on this. Uh, I think there's like a statue that gives you bridges and I forget. And there's, there's others that uh, like give you a payoff if they're next to something like a workshop. If you put it next to two water tiles, I think gives you some, yeah, Here's something that I didn't realize for a while. So like the statue, if it's surrounded by uh, if every connecting square is 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 being touched by a a tile, then you get. Yeah, I think it's three bridges. Um, Water tiles count for that counting, which I did not realize for quite a while. So you can make you can get a little bit of benefit if you've really racked up a bunch of water tiles in a certain area, which generally are just in the way they at least count towards this. So you can have some strategy around that. This is another big benefit to kind of trying to build the spiral, because if you're doing that, you will almost certainly naturally leave a few little gaps that you can drop stuff like that into whether drop tiles into, whether it be uh, towers or uh, other special things. And yeah, the the other tip I would say is like the, as you get that ability by getting enough gold to have a little bit more choice over what towers you're going to be, or what tiles I should say you're laying. Um, The towers are the most valuable thing. Like it should, that should be a little obvious, but it it definitely is worth mentioning. I early on, I tended to like try and build my road out ahead. So I was like, okay, well I'm all set. I've got my road nice at nice and far out in front of me. Uh, The, the better strategy for me ultimately was to be uh, skipping the road tiles if they weren't perfect yeah. and uh, at using my skips to get to those uh, to those damaging towers. Like if you skip a tower that could be on your field, like throwing arrows around uh, like you're, you're hurting yourself a lot. Yeah. Cause you don't, it might be five, six, seven, eight tiles before you get another tower and yep. whether you can afford that or not, you know, you know, who knows? And you might have to deal with a couple waves before you could get to those. And every wave has a possibility of destroying you. Um, early on, there's a good combo, though. There's uh, there's traps which um, do a number of things to the roads. And there's an ice trap which slows down your enemies. Um, pairing that with a cannon tower can be really effective because it sort of the ice trap will group up the enemies and then the cannon tower does sort of a splash damage. Um, so there is some grouping of damage types that you can do to really maximize their, um, effectiveness. There's not a ton of that, you know, there's not like, um, too many combos 
that you're really trying to build on on your road. It's mostly about just building as long a road as you can that has as much damage on it as can like as many damage points on it as it can. But there are some some combos that you can put together, some some you know more effective yeah. things. Um, there there are definitely uh several kinds of tower that get stronger based on things that are adjacent to them. Uh, and I found those really fun to to try and lay down. Like there's one that gets stronger if you get uh, uh, there's like I think it's called a chain tower where just having mo- multiples of this uh, side by side, they'll all deal more damage. Um, and some of my best runs had good uses of that. And I think there's like a there's a tower that does more damage depending on how many garden tiles you have near it. Things like that. Yeah, I like the I geyser that. tower, which um starts out only attacking on its four adjacent squares so just four spots but for every water tile it's connected to it extends that um so you can end up having it really have some some good range and also we've said it a couple times but like this game is beautiful this little geyser tower for every water tower that or water tile that it's connected to a little like aqueduct comes out of the uh out of the tower and goes down into the water tile and and really sort of completes the uh the combo there's a fishing hut that when you place it if it's connected to a water tile you get some gold a couple of gold yeah when you place it it builds a little dock out onto the water tile and you know symbolizes what you what it, the the combo that it's doing it it just like really these tiles all connect to each other in a way that's really really satisfying and also when you place them they like drop down and it's like a thump and there's just some real good tactile uh elements to this game that i that i really enjoyed i, I had one other thing that i thought was really a nice touch uh and that was called the legacy tower um, yeah. in a game like this where the initial position does kind of matter uh, and there is some variety to it. And uh, so there's, you know, s- slightly some starting positions that are better than others. Uh, if you have just started the game after having played it without like roll it, re-rolling your starting position, you will always get this additional tower uh, that's, uh, just, you know, one extra tower uh, for the start of your next round. Uh, and I thought that was really smart. It was and it was often a, a very good strategy to build towards it and uh, and really make it part of your initial setup and gave you a reason to not have the same opening every time. It is a stronger tower than the normal arrow tower. So it, you benefit from having it. Um, what it is, is if you make it to wave 20 on your previous ah, run, okay. you get that. So you do have to make it to 20 to get it. Um, but yeah, it prevents you from just spawning restarts until you or spamming restarts until you get like an optimal start. Because I think that tower, the legacy tower is it it, it makes the early game significantly smoother for you. Yeah, you can really play off of having that that early boost. Uh, yeah, I would tend to um, when I would start a, a level, uh, I would spend pretty much all of the initial gold uh depending on which tiles i had available um and i would uh use that to lay down like a couple of tiles a few good tiles like 
even before the first wave is often enough to get you through like five waves. Right. And, and after doing that, you know, you'll have, you'll have saved money. And I tended to come out of that situation better than if I had just been, you know, very, very picky and choosy. Um, so, uh, you know, you can really experiment with it. The opening elements of this game are really fun. Like this, it's fun to figure out those first few tiles. Yeah. I think you start pretty proactive the first five, six waves, you know, you, you, you're kind of ahead of the curve. And then after that, it's just purely reaction the whole time. Like, oh no, they're getting, they're getting too close in, uh, section B. I need to reinforce that one. Great. Okay. We survived the wave. Oh no. Section C has popped up and I'm behind on that one. So I'm, oh sweet. I got a cannon tower. I'm going to put it over here. Oh no. Now back in section A and we're falling apart. I got to put my new ballista tower or whatever. Um, do you have a do you have a favorite tower or favorite like trap? Uh, no, I think they. I love all my children. Uh, I do mm-hmm. want to talk about the five, the four campaigns and the five guilds. I think discovering and and finding out what the towers are is kind of part of the fun. And I I don't think we. I don't think it makes for particularly great radio for me to just say, well, I really like the loop tower that shoots in a nine box pattern all around well, it. Or whatever. You're saying it now, though, and I'm going to say Boulder Tower for life. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Boulder, <laughs> you're right. The Boulder Tower is absolutely the best. <laughs> Boulder Boulder Tower for the for the absolute win. It's, it's yeah. the placement is key, but uh, yeah, the effect is of, undeniably awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, ton of fun. But yeah, the, I think that really the last thing we have to talk about with this game is the various modes and campaigns which uh is really really fun and and really expands on the game and i also makes it pretty ripe for uh new content down the line so i'm hopeful that this game has some some success because there's about a million things that he could do to continue to evolve this game yeah i i i think he has already done so the opening uh campaign is called the training grounds and it's really just a um you know is really essentially just a tutorial uh that was a fairly late edition this game came out in september and i think it was out for a month or so before he added uh the training grounds so uh this is a good time to to get into it it has a good still has a steep learning curve but i definitely found it approachable with that uh the second yeah, campaign helped is the archer's oath uh and each of the different campaigns has a different set of tiles that you're going to be placing um and so that's the main difference the archer's oath is the first one and it has primarily archery towers as you might guess um the second one is the arboretum uh, where it says the studying the vast castle gardens, bone weary botanists keep the secrets to an impenetrable island defense. Uh, and this one has uh, the addition of the garden, which is a like a useless tile, but that has some placement synergies, uh, as well as a lot of uh, kind of variations on uh, the different uh, towers. Things like poison are introduced. Um, and then the final one is burning embers. And in burning embers, there's a lot of fire stuff going on. There's a lot of things that hit large areas in that, which I really appreciate. Um, and so w- along with each of these, like a different set of, um, you know, subtly different towers, 
uh, there are a lot of like really unique things like, um, uh, the relics are, are fun. There's like a relic in a relic example would be explosives. It says cannon tower splash damage range is increased by one tile and you get maybe two relics in a run and it's a good way to add variety to the runs. Yeah. Um, and for each of these, you get to choose one of the guilds and the guilds. There are five guilds, I think, and they change yes. the game significantly. Um, the, the default guild, I only beat each of the levels um, with the first default guild, which is just called Founders. And when you're playing with Founders, you gain a heart for every 10 waves, which is nice when you are, uh, you know, letting a few stragglers sneak through. Um, but there are several others. Did you have a favorite one? Did you did you play around with these? I did. So I, I beat... Um... I beat all of them with the Founders Guild like you did. And then I beat most of the Archers Guild or Archers Oath the with all of them. Um, though I really like there's the um, Architects Guild where yeah. you, no, you no longer have flags and you get a bridge at the end of every wave. So you're not actually expanding the island at all. You're just building off of everything on the, on bridges. And it ends with this like really tight little map that like, I really found enjoyable and an interesting challenge. Um, and there's the, uh, cannoneers guild that I played a little bit with where you no longer can gain hearts or bridges. Every time you would gain one of those, you get cannons or rather, sorry, um, bombs. So bombs, which are one of the more, I think the most valuable resource, uh, you have a ton of them. So you can like shape and mold your map really however you want, but you are not going to gain health. So every time you take a point of damage, it's final. So it's an interesting challenge. The one that drove me crazy and like made me put down the game for a minute because I could not beat it was I was trying to win with the Merchant Guild, which they do not acquire money through completing waves. They just acquire money by picking it up on the map, which is building a tile on top of a little money bag. And and basically it makes money like incredibly scarce. And I found that like, I, I'm pretty reliant on it. Apparently I'm by the middle end of the game. I'm skipping all the time, just burning money, skipping tiles. And when you can't do that, like it's really, really challenging. Each and of these I, is a huge change to, to the economy of the game and which is already super tight. Yeah. So I, I really, the architect's guild was fun though. Um, and I, it's, it's a between the three different campaigns and then the five different guilds, it is like 15 different games, you know? Um, so it, I, and I, I assume there's going to be more campaigns and more guilds, assuming this game is successful. So I think, I, I think we've covered just about everything with this game. I mean, I, I think you and I could just riff on strategy and uh, favorite towers and sections and whatnot. Um, but I think we're probably good for now. Um, I'd say this is a full-on recommendation. I'm always looking for good little games to play on my phone. 
I had some traveling over the weekend and it was great. This was like the perfect car game. Um, Absolutely. You know, and complete played completely offline as well. So highly recommend this game. Um, again, it's on uh, iOS, Google Play, and Steam. Shane, any last last notes on this game? No, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad we, uh, glad we checked it out. Um, cool. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, uh, if you would like to uh, see all of our different episodes and maybe leave us a note, you can do that at our website at theshortgame.net. We have a contact form there. Consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash theshortgame. We're always having a great time in the Discord. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at underscore short game. You can follow me on Twitter at NateSTL. And Shane, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at 8BitShane. All right. And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Short Game. Thanks, everyone. Bye.